come to decide that the things that I tried were in my life just to get high on. When I sit alone, come get a little known, but I need more than myself this time. Step from the road to the seat of the sky, and I do believe what we rely on. When I lay it on, come get a plate on all my life to sacrifice. Hey, yo, listen what I say, yo. I got your hey oh now listen what I say oh, oh, oh. little red hot chili peppers action coming for you what's up everybody welcome to Jeremiah Wonders I figured I'd do a little brief cover snow how the heck are you guys huh you doing good? Somebody asked me to cover that. I did a little Instagram story of it, and somebody's like, do the whole song. I figured I'd give you a little bit more of it right here, right now. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a great week. Hope this is finding you fan-freaking-tastic right now. Good morning, good evening, good drive, good work, whatever it is. Hope it's going well for you. I had a great week in Texas with the boys, the Kill Tony boys. Me, Joel Jimenez, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Red Band had a great time in Texas. Thank you so much to everybody that came out and supported us in San Antonio, Austin, Houston, and Fort Worth. Yes, so cool. I'm actually going to be back with Tony uh, at Hyenas in Dallas on New Year's Eve. That was just announced. Um, That is where I'll be spending my New Year's this year. I have a big announcement uh, that I regret to announce, actually, guys. I have to cancel my gigs in Detroit and Toronto. So if you were listening and you have already purchased tickets in Detroit and Toronto, please uh, get your tickets refunded for that. If you are having issues with that, email me at yourboyjeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. It's kind of a long story, but I had a little bit of a falling out with the booker, kind of pulling some shady stuff on their end, uh, and they never purchased uh, my plane tickets or anything like that to get me out there. So I have to back out of it, and I apologize if you've already purchased your tickets, and I will help get those refunded as soon as possible. Sorry about that, guys. Detroit and Toronto, I am canceling those. I want to give you a heads up as soon as possible so you can uh, get refunded right away. Uh, new music video out with Pat Reagan. If you have not watched it yet, please go to reaganandwatkins.com. Check that out. Killtony.tv is up. That has all of the past episodes of Kill Tony. It's pretty amazing. I put that website together. A while ago, I feel like a lot of people still do not know about it. Go there. You can watch literally from episode one to, you know, over 300 and however many episodes there are right now. Give uh, Red Band some time to edit the new episodes from Texas together. That's a lot of Kill Tonys that we just did in one week. But we did some killer shows in Texas. And uh, I really think that you guys are going to dig some of the characters that we did. And next week on Jeremiah Wonders, I'll announce it now. Why not? I'm going to have Chroma Chris and Joel Jimenez on as guests together, and we are going to do a Kill Tony Band episode. So that's going to be a big episode, and uh, looking forward for you guys to hearing and watching that on YouTube. Also, if for whatever reason uh, you want to listen to these episodes on YouTube, I'm going to upload the old episodes, uh, just the audio, to YouTube very soon coming up here. Had a chance to hang out with my buddy Gage T. Arena in uh in texas he came to a couple of locations he actually got up on the uh, fort worth episode and killed tony so look out for that he edits the audio and video of that podcast you can follow him uh, on social media at gage t harina g-a-g-e-t-i-j-e-r-i-n-a 
And uh, I think he's moving to L.A. in the spring, and he'll be helping me out with this podcast a little bit more. So that's very exciting stuff, guys. Joe DeRosa is my guest today. We talked a lot about horror films and stuff. He wasn't, <laughs> he didn't get super into the phone calls. The, uh, you know, yeah, we get crazy people calling in. Uh, he wasn't too into that. Uh, so we didn't do a ton of that on this podcast. So it's a little bit different style, a little bit more low key, but I think you'll still enjoy it. Has different elements of fun. And yeah, sorry if I'm talking a thousand miles a minute right now. Um, I kind of uh, overbooked myself this week. <laughs> we did two shows every night in Texas, and we did three the last night. And then I have three shows in Los Angeles. I just got back. Um, it's Sunday, and I'm recording this now. And I have three shows in L.A. that I have to go get ready for and shower and <laughs> go do. Why did I do that? I'm addicted to the game. Gotta love it. I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Speedweed, at Speedweed on Twitter. Gino, hooking you up with that marijuana delivery. Hit them up if you like the Mary Jane. Bronxborn Pizza, at Bronxborn Pizza. Hit them up in Bend, Oregon. Go support my buddy, Thomas Schiffer. He is the reason why there is the video version of this podcast available online. And uh, the, the sweet vocal effects and stuff that you hear with the phone calls and stuff during the episode. He funded that, so very appreciative. Or um, you can also go to Gray Block in Santa Monica if you live in Los Angeles. Still looking for a saxophone sponsor, guys, for this show. I'm looking to update my alto saxophone. If you know any music shops or you know any music companies, hit up your boy. Email your boy Watkins at gmail.com. You can support the show uh, with uh, the PayPal button. There's a donate button at jeremiahwonders.com. And, uh, yeah, I want to also thank my buddy Zoltan, the art of getting up. He does all the awesome flyers for the show that I post on Instagram and other social media and stuff like that. But guys, I had a great week, very tired. Uh, but I think that you guys are going to love the Kill Tony episodes that are uploaded. And if for whatever reason you don't know what Kill Tony is, if you just discovered Jeremiah Wonders, um, you know, outside of that, uh, go check out Kill Tony. Do a lot of fun characters and, and stuff like that on that show. And I think you will enjoy it. Kindness Challenge, guys. I want to do a, a brief uh, thing about that. Uh, please keep sending your Kindness Challenge letters to your boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. I always love uh, hearing those and, and reading those on the podcast. I just did a simple one this week. Uh, it was actually today. I reminded myself I hadn't gone out of my way to really do, you know, the kindest challenge. And I was like, I am recording this podcast later. <laughs> it's a good incentive to uh, do something. Uh, super simple. I was walking by a McDonald's and uh, I just gotten dinner with my wife and we were walking by a McDonald's where we were going to go split an ice cream cone there. Go get those soft serve. Oh man, those vanilla ice cream cones, 200 calories at McDonald's. <laughs> what a treat guys. I mean, just, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know how they're 200 calories only, but they are phenomenal. And uh, we like to get those as dessert after meals. Anyway, we just got dinner, went to McDonald's to get that sweet treat ice cream cone. There was a guy outside with a you know, cardboard sign that was asking for money or food. And I just went in and whenever I got my ice cream cone, I got him a couple cheeseburgers and a chicken sandwich. And he was super appreciative. And that was my simple kindness challenge. And you can do it for somebody that you know, you can do it for a stranger, as long as you're contributing something positive or something kind to someone in the public. And that's what the Kindness Challenge is all about. So keep sending me those. Uh, love Joe DeRosa. He's an interesting character for, for this podcast. He had an interesting mood about him on this episode, but we had, uh, we had fun overall. 
and uh, I think you guys are going to uh, enjoy it. Without further ado, please welcome my pal, Joe DeRosa, to Jeremiah Wonders. Basically about an iPhone that's telling you, like, oh, yeah, here's your monitor. I think this one's you, this first one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's about, like, an iPhone <coughs> that, uh, like, an app developer downloads that he starts kind of following. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more he follows it, the better his life becomes. But, like, he turns it off, and then, like, his life kind of falls apart. Like, the more... Yeah, he gets from it the more it takes away from him, kind of thing. I got you. So it's one of those kind of movies. All right, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't got no problem with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's I lived. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Just uh, telling Joe DeRosa about uh, the I lived poster hanging in my uh, <laughs> in my living room. Are we rolling? We're rolling, man. Oh shit! Okay, I didn't we know. just Sorry. sometimes I just organically just go for it. That's fine with me, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. How long does this, this go? Uh, like an hour. Okay. Because yeah. I have a hard time living in the moment. <laughs> what a great preface to a podcast. But like, uh, as soon as he gets here as a guest. By the way, not a real in the moment guy. I'm not really <laughs> sure what the theme of this show is, but uh, the little riffs and stuff like that, we'll see. I might get a little uh, tuned out <laughs> at, at points. <laughs> real, uh, real quick. No, here. but I asked you to do this. I know. Uh, because you're my friend. Yeah. You're one of the only people I'd want to sit through a podcast with. You uh, hear that, guys? I've, I've, you know what? I've actually... I, we, I love having you as a guest on Kill Tony, and we haven't had you as a, as a guest on in a long time. I just... It's funny. In the same day, I think it was, I told you, Brian, Moses, for Roast Battle, and Tony for Kill Tony, um, that I wanted to come back to and do yeah. the, the shows. I was like, I haven't been around... Well, you yeah, know, you I, saw, I saw you at Jeff's on, on, uh, yeah. on over the weekend, and I was like, dude, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I got to start getting, like, I'm trying to, you know, I try to, I'm trying to stay in town more and not be out there traveling as much. And I was like, now's a good time to start popping around some friends' podcasts and shows and things again. Yeah, well, it's sometimes it's, uh, you know, if you go on the road too much, people forget that you're available in town. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's, uh, you know, I've been on the road a little bit more with, with Tony this year mm-hmm. and I've gone through that a little bit of times where I kind of got to go back around places and hang out and be like, yo, I'm freaking around. Like I want to yeah. be here. Yeah. It's like part of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Part of it. It's a yeah. weird thing. Yeah. I got that a couple of times recently. Someone's like, wait, you live here? I'm like, oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh. I live here. I get, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, but I, I'll hermit it up, you know, I yeah. like, like I'm on the, that's one of the reasons I kind of wish I lived a little further West. I live on the East side and, you know, it's kind of its own thing over there. And when you don't it has have its own to, community and everything, yeah. Yeah, when you don't have to leave, you don't leave. And then you end up just hanging out on the east side all the time. Well, you're you comfortable. Know? It's the same thing. I mean, I was talking with Dave Ross about this. Uh, the last episode is, you know, he's on the east side, and yeah. he doesn't make his way over here that much, and I'm trying to go over that way a little bit more, kind of meet in the middle, you know? Yeah, I got to... Maybe Dave and I will come over together. Yeah, <laughs> start carpooling over. <laughs> Yeah, well, I also I got rid of my car, which has been really way harder than I thought it was going to be. Dude, for LA, I I, I would imagine because I like yeah. I like having you know I have an old car, but I like having the luxury of being able to hop in it at any moment's notice without. So, did you Uber here today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the guy didn't know what the fuck he was doing, which keeps happening more and more now with the ride. Oh, dude, shares. I think that the 
the bar keeps getting lowered for who can drive. It's I don't even get it. I I, I look, you know, I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these assholes that's like, speak English or go home. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> hey, man, what are you doing this yeah. day? So if you don't speak English, that's great. But I really do think the company should ha- should alert you, like, just so you know, this driver does not speak English. They, so they if that's that, the only language you speak, you should probably not get into this car because you're going to have some issues. Some difficulties yeah. like, on the drop-off. Yeah. They do that with, uh, if somebody is hearing impaired, why, why yeah. can't they do it with, with that? It's I just think that's like so crazy to me that like they wouldn't because I've been in situations where it's like that we can't communicate. And I'm like, dude, I'm not mad that you don't speak English. I'm mad that the company didn't tell. I, I mean, I'm not yelling at the person. I just yeah. mean like internally <laughs> shaking, yeah, yeah. choking them. Yeah. I'm Why just, don't you speak English? What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. You know, today the guy was like, he was like, I don't know what happened. And um because we like got off and on the highway like three times, and I was, oh, like, it was like a GPS issue or something. Yeah. He just like was following it like, you know, direction by direction, super yeah. close. And I go, dude, are we just going in circles here? And he just goes, okay, like that. And I'm like, oh, uh, so no. are we? You know? And I've <laughs> yeah. been in like in a situation where I'd be like, buddy, you got to cut the, you got to stop the trip. Like you're you've driven two miles out of the way right now. Yeah. Like, and I'm getting charged for it. You have to cut this off at some point. Yeah. And the guy will be like, literally, like I've had a guy be like, I don't speak English. Like that's like the one sentence he could say. And I'm like, Yikes. well, that just doesn't seem fair. Yeah. <laughs> then know? all of a sudden you're hostage in somebody else's <laughs> yeah. Uber. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like <laughs> like a barrel roll out of the car. <laughs> As it's still moving to to escape or whatever, it just seems odd. <laughs> Taken <a> nine, yeah. <laughs> the rideshare. <laughs> Where are you? Tell me exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so so anyway, um, yeah. But I'm trying. Actually, if anybody out there listening has this available, I am trying to buy a car, but. I want to you just know, so, buy. Sometimes like, we use Jeremiah Wonders just like a Craigslist ad. Sometimes, <laughs> you know what? If you have a car in the Los Angeles area, you know Joe Doris, or maybe you don't yeah. know him, but you have a, a reasonably priced car. Uh, what kind of model are you looking for? Let's just do a car sale right Dude, here. I'm literally just trying to buy like something for two or three grand He's looking that for I could just for buy outright. Two or three grand. Uh, he doesn't want it to drip oil if, yeah. if possible. It could have a lot of miles on it as long yeah. as it's dependable. He wants to just That's get around it. Los Angeles. That's it. Point A to point B. What do you got, people? What do you got? I got a, a my car is too old for Uber or, or Lyft. Like whenever I, you know, I've I've like looked in the past where I'm like, oh, do I need to start? Tra-? You know, yeah. you have your 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 down, you have your upswings in LA, and you have your down right. swings. And uh, you know, during da- one of the down swings, I uh, I looked up, I was like, can I even drive Uber? And then I looked, and I was like, this is a this is another ego check. I can't even qualify uh, <laughs> my car tool. But it's I was like, I took that as a sign. I was like, sure, I'm not supposed to be doing it. Keep yeah, keep on that keep on that hustle. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So hey, so you didn't. So you never. You never had to do it. That's. I good. didn't. No, I've been fortunate. I've been doing comedy full time since uh, 2012. Okay. So like, I stopped working Starbucks the end of 2011, <laughs> and then I've been doing comedy full time, like paying my bills through comedy since 2012. That's great. It's a nice feeling when that happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but it is ups and downs. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
Now that's the whistle of a man who has had a lot of ups and downs. It's tough, man. It's fucking tough. What's what's like a do you have like a down moment that comes to mind whenever whenever you know we're t- we're mentioning ups and downs like in, in comedy? Do you have a couple that one or that's kind of highlighted like right away? You're like, oh, that was that was a rough one. I mean, there have been many, but uh, but the, you know, I was just talking to Jay Larson today. I love Jay. Me too. Former guest on Jeremiah Wonders. I love him. But I mentioned this to him, and he was like, "What?" But I was like, "Yeah, dude, I I lost." two pilots in the last three years. And I don't mean two pilots that like, like we made it and didn't get picked up. I mean, like I, with some other comedians sold two different TV shows to do different networks. And we never even got to shoot the pilot because things, there were so many like moving parts that in the negotiation process, like things just broke down. So I literally twice in the last three years have gone from, calls with my reps being like congrats they want to make a pilot you sold the you sold the show to four months later um they're gonna just pull the plug you're not gonna see dime one for this and uh it's just not gonna work out like that those two were pretty rough so of course that's like extremely hard to hear when that happens did you was it at a point where they cut any kind of check or is it literally no. stringing along for like four months? I won't say that they strung us along, but um, cause we, I don't think that's what happened. Um, but when they can't, here's the thing. If you sell a project with five people, for example, or even just one other person or two or whatever, doesn't matter what the number is. If one of those persons deals doesn't work out, the whole thing can go away Ooh. because they're like, look, we bought this which involved you, 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 you. And if that's not what we get, then we have the opportunity to uh, to say no to all, the whole thing. Um, and then you start to get into some really hairy territory because then there's, because there's always the person that they're going to negotiate with a little bit differently, you know, and um, because for whatever reasons, you know, they're, they're, they have a little higher profile or... Their reps or, or whatever. Or whatever, yeah, their yeah, reps, yeah. You know, whatever it is. So um, Closer connection, whatever it is. It's a real, uh, that was a real, bo- that was that was a really, really tough. Okay, so so, so that happened in, uh, in, the, in the year that seemingly sort of connected those two things, you know, in between or year and a half in between that connected those two things. The, the, those bookended me losing... Uh, a manager that I was very close with at the time uh, and me also booking a CBS sick multicam. And then after the pilot shot and it got picked up two weeks before the first table read being told we're cutting your character because we don't think it's likable. The character's like, so dude, it was just like, that was like such a, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I was, I was, I, I was at a point where I was like, I was like, well, this is it. Like, when I came to L.A., I was like, give me your worst, motherfuckers. Like, show me what the darkest corners of this place are because I need to know so I'm aware that I can deal with it. And they certainly did, man, you know? <laughs> so I want an upswing now, which is great. But, I mean, they L.A. was like, why don't you come over here and we'll, we'll show you what the fuck pain is. <laughs> 
by the way, you don't get paid to do any stand-up sets in town, and you're going to get up about twice a month uh, to boot. Just just to put the icing on the cake. Remember how you were in New York? You could make like 600 bucks a week doing stand-up, all the spots you ever wanted to do. In yeah, that's that's gone too. So uh, just enjoy yourself. Sit in that apartment of yours, you know. Really think about what you did with your life. Uh, you don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> One of the last times uh, we did a podcast or something together, or I was at a party with you, uh, the dog sitter at your place had uh, let the dog out, and it was like your dog was gone or something like that. Yes. I was... I th that was a while ago. That was a long uh, while ago. I don't know why that sticks improv. out to me, but you were very upset. It was that Jeff night. Ross and friends at the Improv. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and it was me and you and Jeff and Seth Herzog. Yep. And I had to leave. Yeah, because the the dog catcher, the dog catcher, the dog walker called me and said that my dog ran out of the house and he couldn't find them, find him. And I went home and I I did a whole, um, you know, making the flyers. It was me and. Um, uh, Aaron Darling, my friend Aaron came over to help me. I love and, Aaron, um, yeah. um, um, a couple other people came over. Um, How did you end uh, up finding Camilla the dog? Camilla Cleese. Yeah. Um, and we made like flyers and all that shit. And I remember I was with them and I just kept drinking uh, whiskey because I felt like I was going to cry and I didn't want to cry in front of them. <laughs> just gonna, I'm good. Yeah, so I uh, we put all these flyers out and we couldn't find him. And then the dog walker's story completely contradicted. The one he told me completely contradicted the one he told his boss. Ooh. So uh, the company gave me this huge credit for walkers, like on my account. Yeah, great. I have, a, I have this credit and I don't have a dog to freaking yeah, spin yeah. it on. Great, thanks guys. Yeah. Really appreciate that. So, uh, and I wasn't too thrilled about using the company again, but it ended up being okay. But, um, but at, at, at like, <clears throat> excuse me, at like two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, I heard a noise outside my front door and I lived on in a first floor apartment where my front door was accessible just, you know, from the street. And, uh, I heard a noise at my front door and I was like, eh, that's nothing, you know? I'm, I think I'm just hearing things. And then, like, just to be safe, I was like, oh, let me just go check, make sure nobody's out there. And so I went, you're the guy in the horror movie. That what? That goes to check on the noise. Yeah. And then gets his dog back. My yeah. dog was standing there. He was just standing on the porch. It was it was on my stoop alone. Wow. And I was like, that guy kidnapped my fucking dog. I'm like, his stories didn't line up. My dog would never run out of the house. My dog defends the apartment like to an annoying. Yeah. Like he never lets up. Like you know. Like, you, have, you have a cute dog, right? Yeah, he's very cute. Yeah. I was like, he took the dog, and then realized he was going to get pinched, and like came back, left it on my stoop, knocked, and like ran. And I'm like, that because there's no way the dog can make a loud enough noise. Weird. Unless somebody found him and just brought him and was like, "Hey, man, ding dong, your ditched dog. your house." But they didn't want to. <laughs> interact with but yeah so old man DeRosa yeah, don't yeah. come around here yeah. he gets really angry yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh so but he's good now he's alive heck yeah found. um but that was yeah man that was a long that was Jesus two years ago 
I don't know why that stuck stick that stuck. I think it was because I like you were, you know, alarmed. It's like a I don't know why that memory sticks out. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, it sucked. I haven't done this segment on this show in a long time, but uh you know what? We had pizza right before this. So I'd like yeah. to welcome everybody back to Pizza Party. Ooh. We just enjoyed some great pizza from Joe's Pizza. Yeah. Is that the same Joe's from New York? Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's really good. Held up. Held up on the on the trip out here. Now, you're an East Coast guy, correct? Yeah. What are your spots? Uh, for pizza? For pizza. Um, for Mexican. <laughs> Tell me right now. <laughs> well, or for Mexican pizza. I mean, then I'm going to say Taco Bell. There's some taco pizza out there <laughs> yeah. that's really good. Um, in New York or Philly? Ooh. Let's go Philly first. Well, I have three. I okay. Have, uh, you know, I'll do I'll do New York, Jersey, and Philly. Philly uh, Jersey. Ooh, I love this. My parents live in Jersey now, South Jersey. We always go to a place called Upper Crust, which is pretty great. Um, their hoagies are awesome. Their pizza is awesome. Their cheesesteaks are awesome. Uh, Upper Crust in South Jersey. Do you like gyms? Uh uh, oh, I thought you meant like exercise. I was like, no. <laughs> no, what do you know? We're talking about pizza. Uh, they're Philly. Uh, Cheesesteak. Oh, J- Jana. Yeah, J- yeah. Jim's on um, on South Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was my first uh, introduction to a legit uh, Philly place. They're probably my favorite cheesesteak place. It's really but good. I also really just love the experience of going to Pat's and Gino's, um, even though those are like the sort of more touristy ones. Their steaks are solid, and and like Pat, or particularly Pat's has amazing cheese fries. Mm. So I I I like going over there uh, too. But Jim's is probably my favorite. Um, but pizza in Philly. Um, excuse me. We did eat pizza right before this, so there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, man. You know what? I'm having a hard time thinking of a pizza place in Philly. I'm, I'm more familiar with sandwich spots I go to. Okay. But uh, but then New York. Yeah, what about New York? I like Joe's a lot. Uh, I like... There's a place... And of course, I can't remember the name of the... God damn it. It's out in Brooklyn. It's like... It's like a famous... You know, it's been on like the Food Network and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this pizza... It's it's square pizza and but it's the crust isn't super thick like most Sicilian pizza, and there's there's sauce above and below the cheese. Ooh, and uh, it's it's amazing. What is that place called though? But it's way out in Brooklyn. Um, hmm. Anyway, that's a good place. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> if you can, you know, I like most authentic pizza places. You know, I, I don't like like, you know, even like. Uh, what do you think of all those dollar spots in New York? Will you eat at them, eat or no. will you be like, no, absolutely not? I won't eat it, not because I'm above it. Like, I, I love fast food. I love street food. Yeah. I have no problem with it. I, they just don't taste good to me. It tastes like it tastes like freezery. Like, you can tell it was frozen. Right, right, right. And it doesn't even taste like good store-bought freezer pizza. It tastes like it, it always has a flavor to it, like it had been in the freezer for too long. So that's the only reason why I don't like those spots. But... As far as dollar food goes in New York, like you know, I'll I'll, I'll fuck up Papaya Dog and or any one of those places, you know. I love that shit. I love the my favorite tacos in L.A. to get are the ones where 
the guy literally has like the grill on the sidewalk. Oh yeah, you know I I love that. A shit. lot of those um uh I've had a lot of those uh like kebab uh food trucks and stuff like yeah. that out in New York. Those are like some like the halal and different stuff like that. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. Austin has a really killer food truck scene. Oh dude, Austin yeah. and Portland. Yeah, and I feel like Austin. I can't speak for Portland, but I I felt like Austin was the first. Like there were there were lunch trucks in Philly. But but it wasn't like a it wasn't a scene. It was just like lunch trucks were just a thing in Philly. They still are. Austin, I felt like was the first place I had seen that turned it into like this scene of like gourmet food trucks. Yeah, yeah. You know where they had like, you know, there are parks that you can go to where it's like seven trucks. Also, I had uh, Rich Slayton uh, introduce me to uh, a kimchi burrito in Austin. It's like this Korean. Uh, Mexican fusion and it was it? it was pretty good for like it it's a little out there but right like, sure it tastes good yeah I miss uh, I used to live in Austin I really miss Austin. Austin Austin I like the comedy scene there a lot I love the comedy scene I love the food um, I love the vibe I love the bars I I fucking love Austin I hope to live there again one day um, when it if it ever makes sense, you know, professionally to, to live back in Texas, but, uh, and not have to come here maybe ever again, <laughs> but who knows? Um, but, uh, no, but it just doesn't make sense right now, but I, I love Austin. Um, do you, do you, does part of you want to live back in New York or are you kind of yeah. over New York now? I'm not over it at all. I love New York. I miss New York. Uh, I would love to live there again. Um, I would love to live in Philly again. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, it's not that I don't like my time here. I just don't like being this immersed in the industry all the time. You know, and I always say to people, look, when I bitch about L.A., I'm not bitching about L.A. I'm bitching about the Hollywood scene, you know, because it's all that I ever experience out here. And it's not something I particularly like being, you know, engulfed by or whatever. So, like, you know, I've even thought, like, well, maybe I could just move down to, like, Venice. Yeah. And just kind of get out of this for a little, you know, sure. a little bit every week. Did um, you, now, did you start comedy in Philly or New York or Philly. Like, in Philly? Yeah. Who were some of your guys who were like you're coming up with like like your class, quote unquote? Well, I was a little behind uh, Kevin Hart, Jay Okerson and, and Kurt Metzger started a couple of years before me. Mm-hmm. But I quickly got to know those guys, um, you know. Jay and Kurt and I are still very close friends. I'm friendly with Kevin. I don't I don't know him in you know in the way that his actual friends know. Um, uh, my mentor was this guy Toure Gordon, who uh, and the legendary Wid, who was Wid's the first ever prop comic. Uh, and Toure is a is a guy that uh, I, I think he's I think he's Philly based, but you know he he goes up to New York and you know he's been on a lot of TV stuff. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and he's a really, really good friend of mine. Um, and he kind of taught me everything I know. And, um, uh, that was the crew for me. Mike Vecchione and Rocco Stowe were the other two sort of contemporaries that I actually was like going through open mics with, um, Richie Redding. That's kind of it, man. You know, everybody quit. Tight crew? No, it was what the the crew was much bigger than. And it just slowly. Everybody quit. Wow. You know? So everybody quit. I remember talking to Mike Vecchione in a parking lot of a pool hall gig that I went back to Philly to do. 
from New York. And I remember him sitting in my car and telling me like, I'm going to move up to New York. Like, I think you did the right thing. And at the time I was like, yeah, I hope so, dude. It's fucking tough though. Cause I was so broke. Uh, obviously I was driving back to Philly to do pool hall gigs. Um, so it's like, you know, um, and then Richie came up a couple of years later. Rocco had already, Rocco went right to, no, he came to New York for a little while and then he went, he went to LA fairly quickly. So we kind of reconnected when, mm -hmm. once I was out here, but, um, I did a lot of late night spots with Rocco for years at the store. Yeah. 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 He's a good dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. So, um, but that was, that was it. Everybody else kind of quit, you know, and it's that classic story of like, you know, that, that Jay Leno and, 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 uh, uh, I think Seinfeld and a million other guys have told, which is like, I wasn't the best out of everybody I started with kept doing it i just kept doing it like yeah. i had friends that were so good at it immediately they had such an organic knack for joke writing and for stand-up and and they just they quit you know they quit that was it wow <laughs> you know? yeah well i can't tell if that was a, a real wow or not <laughs> or if that was wow <laughs> it's more of an owen wilson wow yeah yeah wow wow John. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Can't yeah. believe we're Joe DeRosa right now. Wow. Is this a new impression, or have you been doing? No, nah, I've been I've been doing Owen Wilson. Like I, I I do it sometimes on stage. I'll do it on this podcast occasionally. That's nice. You know, you know, you never. Do you do any impressions? Not really. Not anymore. I used to have a couple. <laughs> I lost them. <laughs> I'm like literally like as a podcast host, like trying to find like little things here and there, and Joe's like, Nah, man. uh no, just uh, you know, just hey, just just living now. Yeah, <laughs> everybody else quit, so uh, I'm still here. If still they wouldn't, have, if they wouldn't have quit, Jeremiah, they'd be on your podcast right now. But, they probably uh, would but, be. Uh, but I'm here with you today, and uh, you it's, know, you, what are the, some of the impressions that you lost? Because guess what, we're gonna resurrect one right now. I can't do any of them anymore. But I used to do Tom Waits, his speaking voice. I used to do that. I had a kind of a Sam Rockwell for a minute, and then I lost that. Uh, that's about it. You can do a. You can do a. You know what? I think that Ray Romano is calling in right now to the show. Okay. Hello, uh, Ray. Is uh, is that you? Yeah. Uh, hello, Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi, Jeremiah. It's Ray. Ray, you don't you you don't quite sound like yourself, Ray. I'm I'm a little sick. I mean, I guess you sound uh, whenever you're sick, you sound a lot like a a, a comedian. He, he used yeah, to be yeah, Joe DeRosa. I know, I know, I hear it all the time. Do you get that a lot? I don't know who the fuck he is, but yeah, I get it. all You the do time. get it a lot. Okay. Well, uh, I've enjoyed some of your recent movies that you've been in, Ray. Thanks. So, uh. I don't know why I called in. I, I I'm starting to wonder why you called in too. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, Let's take it easy. All right, thanks a lot, man. Wow, he's short. Man, that guy has. Uh, that guy's not much of a yes ander. You know what I mean? That guy's. Uh, I heard that about Ray Romano. Yeah, he's just uh, he he's kind of set in his ways. It sounds yeah. like it sounds but, like he he didn't even want to be be calling in. Patricia Heaton would always complain in the press about that. Yeah, he's selfish. You'd say he's selfish on set. He doesn't yes and. Uh, 
<laughs> Kidding. She never said that. Just in case that's somehow slanderous. So we slanderous. We talked. Uh, we we started talking about um, uh, this this uh, the suspense thriller film that I was in and like oh, the, yeah. horror, the horror genre. You're. Uh, I lived. You're. Um, you're into horror movies and stuff like that. You, you very much you, so. You talk a lot about it and stuff on different podcasts. And stuff well, like I have a Pat Walsh and I have a horror podcast called "We'll See You in Hell." And we review horror, sci-fi, and uh, fantasy films. Okay, well, perfect. So let's talk about that for a second. Sure. I'm, um, now, just I'm curious where you stand with a couple different horror movies, because then I'll get a sensibility of what your what you're privy to, what you like. You know. Okay. Um, what did you think? Do you like the um, Insidious movies? Uh, I like the first two. Okay. The third one is. You know, tolerable. The fourth one is god awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. the first one is, uh, I think, a masterpiece. But uh, the other ones just don't quite live up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was impressed how they tied stuff together in the second one. That's. I, I thought that was cool too. I thought that was really cool. But then I felt like it was forced in the third and fourth. I was yeah. like, all right, guys, the device that you used that made it so special. I was like, why are you like? I yeah. don't know. It was just that felt just more like the money thing coming in where they're like, we can make more money off of this franchise. I agree. I agree. Particularly with the fourth one. I was like, this I mean, is just getting ridiculous. That one. Yeah. Uh, and now they're making a fifth one. And Are they? Like, oh, God. I mean, I'll watch it, but that's a problem. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'll go. I mean, all right. It's, you know, it's out. I'll go see it. Are you uh, a zombie movie guy? Are you uh uh more in the slasher what's like what's your favorite genre with subgenre within horror uh supernatural anything supernatural with monsters i really like okay um zombies are i, I just have kind of had my fill at this point yeah uh there are some older zombie films i still truly love that i will always love uh i'm not at this point going to get excited anytime any new zombie movie comes out i've seen enough zombie movies yeah and uh until they start doing a different I don't know how different the take can get because I feel like you can sort of play with the mythology of a werewolf or a demon or even a vampire a bit and the setting and the story. Did you like those underworld movies? Any yeah, of those they're pretty cool. Out? Yeah, they're, yeah, I they're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't consider them horror movies. I mean, they're more yeah, fantasy. More, more fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Michael Sheen fan. Okay. I actually got to meet him and hang out with him a little bit. What was that like? He was really nice. He came to the comedy jam with Sarah Silverman. And uh, he saw me sing Spirit of Radio by Rush, and he was excited because he really likes the song. And then we, we hung out and talked a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you just bonded instantly over Rush. <laughs> You're yeah. like, thank you, Rush. And I never once brought up his movies, which See, I feel like he probably appreciated. Right. Um, uh, like, oh, I'm like just kind of talking to this guy, you know? I, uh, I met the guy. This was extremely random, but I met, uh, I forget. Oh, what's his, his name is escaping me right now. The, the original guy who played Jason, like behind the mask mm -hmm. in those movies, Jason yeah. Voorhees. Uh, uh, I met him on the Impractical Jokers cruise. He came and he was watching like some of the comedy jam shows and stuff like that. Right. So Johnny Scordis is like, he's a big horror fan as uh -huh. well. And he's like, we got to take a picture. We got to take a picture. So we take a picture with him, and um, it's so it's so funny. Like you look at the picture, and I don't know what was going on with the lighting or whatever, but whenever the picture was taken, 
a, a stream of light went across like his eye and it looked like an eye coming out through a mask. And it's just like me and Johnny oh, so smiling cool. big. And he's just like intensely looking that's so into cool. the lens. Um, and it wasn't Kane Hodder. It was the first guy. It was the first guy. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a big dude. Uh, I'm sure. So is Kane Hodder. Yeah. I think he's like, I think he was like six, five. I'm like six, three. He was like six, five or six, six. Yeah, and the the fans were pissed when they didn't use Kane Hodder in Freddy versus Jason, and I think the reason was they wanted an even taller a Jason, more like, imposing. Yeah, figure, it's just I like guess. Jesus Christ, yeah, how, how much big bigger you, you got to get? Yeah. So anyway, um, are you? Do you like all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and and the Jason movies, uh, or I, like uh, Hellraiser? I've I've seen most of those as well. I like Hellraiser one, two, and four. I think the other ones are all pretty anywhere from bad to atrocious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I like. I think every other Friday the Thirteenth is usually pretty good. Have you seen the new Halloween movie? I've, I've yeah. heard. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Halloween H two O was a much better version of what they were trying to do. Um, it just, you know, I said this before I went into the theater. I was like, the fact that they are. Uh, going now that they're retconning it now to make it a continuation of the first movie and they are taking out the fact that they're related make and even though John Carpenter didn't want to put that detail in the movie and always thought it was stupid or whatever I was like I'm sorry the my belief of this story is is not as strong now it makes more sense to me that she's the one that got away in his family right and now he's coming back to kill her that makes way more sense to me than just I was in this encounter. It was awful. It was 40 years ago. And for 40 years, I've been training in my house like a like a like a like a like a mercenary. Or, yeah, whatever. And it's like um, I just didn't or militia type, excuse me. And I was like, I just didn't. I thought it was a good take. I thought it was an interesting take. Yeah. I, I liked that they kind of did the Me Too thing where they were like, here's a woman that was traumatized and nobody believes her. But then she's right. I thought that was really interesting. Um, but the movie itself to me was a rehashing of what of all the cool stuff they had already done in H2O that they now had to do differently. So it just didn't it just wasn't as interesting. They to did me. a they did a weird timeline thing with some of the X-Men movies that came out where it's the same thing where yeah. like, okay, if this happens, you're discrediting like four other movies right, right. with this new timeline or whatever yeah they kind of never addressed that doctor or professor x dies in part three yeah they just kind of never addressed it yeah and it's like okay i guess he's still alive yeah and like magneto got his powers back i guess you mm -hmm. know or whatever you know so but i mean it's it's um i don't know man it's um h2o has so much more uh character progression in it it's it's to me a more believable and grounded story. Like, what would this person do if they were running from this? Oh, she would move to another place and change her name and barely be holding her shit together. Yeah. But managing to hold it together, you know, like and she'd be an alcoholic and all this shit, you know, and I was like, that's just such to me is a much more believable version of it. And then there's this key moment, spoiler alert, in Halloween H2O where she locks she works at this school and and Michael comes to the school and finds her and they, and they live on the campus. It's like a boarding school. Mm -hmm. And so there's a key moment in the movie where 
she shuts the gates to the school and she breaks the the gate opening the button whatever the control is for the gate so it can't be opened and she purposefully traps herself in with michael and then starts hunting him and screaming for him and it plays like the halloween theme and it's this huge fucking moment where this character who's been running her whole life goes, fuck this, now I'm going to be the hunter. And it's so much more rewarding to see that happen on screen than it is before you start the movie. And it just starts with this this gray-haired lady being like, he broke out, I have to kill him. (laughs) Everybody's like, calm down, grandmom. Um, and also, too, that, you know, the new movie, it's like, you know, how does he get out? It's like the, the exact same way he gets out in the first movie, which is like there's they they escape from the asylum. And the way they do it in this one is they're doing a transfer from him from one facility mm-hmm. to another. And they transfer him for some reason on Halloween. <laughs> you know, it's like little shit like that to me is like, eh, you know. Whereas H2O does it, he's out. You don't know how the fuck he got out. He's just out. Yeah. And he's out before Halloween, and he finds, he ransacks the nurse from the first film's house. And then you find out why he ransacked it was because she was taking care of Dr. Loomis and all of the files on Michael Myers and Laurie Stroder in that house. So it, you, she comes home, and, and, the, and the room is ransacked, and the files are... So it's like, you get to see a little bit of like, well, how did he even find her? Yeah. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I just, it's a fun watch. I mean, compared to, you know, compared to Halloween 4, 5, 6, uh, and then the Rob Zombie ones, it's a fucking masterpiece. Oh, dude, the Rob Zombie one I saw in theaters uh, whenever that came out. And I was like, I think I was still living in Kansas when that came out. I was like angry at that movie. It's it terrible. Was so bad. But um, what a, so, on the subject of horror movies, what were some horror movies that you saw growing up that instantly made you basically become a fan of the genre that you were like, whoa, that movie, like right away, like this is like. Sure. You know? I was always attracted to monsters uh, from a younger age, but Nightmare on Elm Street was, I always call it my gateway movie. Mm-hmm. My mom showed me Nightmare on Elm Street when I was, you know, 11 or 10 or something, and I. I that was it. I was I was off to the to the races. Yeah. I was obsessed with Freddy. I, I it was fun getting to experience that whole thing. It was fun getting to experience the culture, the pop culture phenomenon of Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. um, because it was as big as a band or you know or a superhero or anything like that. So that was very cool. But that's the one. That's the one that set me off. I saw that, but way before I ever saw uh, any of the Halloweens or. Uh, Friday the 13th or anything and the reason I always liked Freddy the best was because I I liked that it had a supernatural quality even Jason is supposed to sort of be human yeah it's supposed to be like he's he's human but he's brought back from hell kind of depending on which one you're that's much later yeah yeah but you know up until part six Jason is a normal human being that is gross because he's lived in the forest forever or whatever Six is when he gets struck by lightning and he's brought back to life. And then it's then it's technically a zombie at that point, you know. So but I liked that Freddy was just this weird demonic like entity. And you didn't understand like how he was able to do this or not. They explained it in part six and it's f- fucking stupid. Um, 
but the Wes Craven take on it was was the mystery of not knowing, you know? Anything's better when you don't know a little bit. You shouldn't know everything. Yeah. You know, these Well, that's what got me so much with like uh with uh the movie Insidious. Whenever like I didn't know too much about astral projection or right. like, you know, some of like the the sleep paralysis stuff and the different stuff that it covers within that movie right. that I was like this is fascinating. Right. Right. Like, that was something that like drew me to that movie that I was like, this is really cool. Well, also, too, it's like, you know, but but I, I guess I'm saying it more in the sense I agree with you in, with that take of it. But I'm, I guess I'm saying it more in the sense of when everything isn't explained, it's just better. You know, everybody's like the Matrix one is a classic and the, the second two sequels are terrible. It's like, yeah, because they explained too much. It, nobody, no, the, okay, needed to, saying, yeah. nobody needed to go to the city where they all live with their heads plugged in. Nobody needed to see it. Yeah. You, you didn't need to see it. Um, and once they started kind of explaining, like, and this is the architect. Trying to deconstruct yeah, too much. Like, oh, God. You know, like, who cares? You know, so, like, the early Freddy movies are so much cooler because you know what his motivations are, but you don't know how he got there. And that's pretty cool. Um Hellraiser is the same thing. These things come through this dimensional doorway and you're like, what the fuck are these things? And you just know enough. You know enough. They're clearly from hell and they're here to do terrible shit to me or whatever, you know? Whereas in the third one, they do the whole like pinhead splits into two personalities <laughs> and his his human side is instructing the hero how to beat pinhead. And you're like, oh, get the fuck out of here, man. This is this is stupid, you know. So, uh, is Hellraiser calling <laughs> in right now? What? I think so. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, man. What's in the box? Where is the box? Uh, you don't, you don't need the box. I would have to open it for you to be here. I need. I would like to control the box as well. Uh, you don't get to. That's not how it works. Well, why can't I have my cake and eat it too? You would have no reason to control the box. Please explain. You're an indifferent judge from hell, and you only come through the portal to to torture the people that request the pain from you. Oh, why can't I control? You can't be biased. You're like a Supreme Court judge. Yeah, but you know some judges are kind of dirty a little bit sometimes. Uh, even hell is above that. Even hell is above <laughs> even that. Even hell is above that. Really? Mm -hmm. Can we tell that to some of the people on our Supreme Court? Oh my God, this is this is turning into a Doonesbury uh, sketch. Yes, it is. <laughs> Joe, what do what do you want for Christmas this year? Uh. I would really like a um, Xbox One X. Did you say Xbox? Yeah, I did. One I didn't X. even. You didn't even realize that no. I hold power over Xbox One Xs as well. Very good, man. See, this is why you're good at this kind of shit. I'm not. I will deliver you, but you might have to bear the pain of others if I deliver the box. I don't want it then. There might be hooks and chains. <laughs> I'd rather not have gadgets it. Gadgets and different clocks and go inside your body. I don't need it. Never mind. I'm good. No, no. I I will deliver it to you. You have requested it. Therefore, Hellraiser shall deliver. <laughs> Pinhead out. <laughs> wow! I can't believe 
the reach of this podcast, the depths of hell. Hellraiser crazy. Pinhead actually just called in. You know, in the book, uh, it's not uh, in the book. It's not uh, nails. No, what is it in the in the book? You know, it's funny. I, I wasn't even. Glass I wasn't. We weren't even allowed to. Uh, we weren't allowed to. Uh, I watched Hellraiser much later in life mm-hmm. because we used to go to like Blockbuster or um, there's a place I used to go to in, in Kansas called Movie Gallery that was like Ooh, okay. cow themed M O O V I E Gallery. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, you yeah, you get to, it. Yeah, yeah. Movie, you, yeah, you get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you get it, man. Yeah. Uh, quick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'd walk by that cover all the time, and I always like wanted to watch that as as a kid. And my parents were like, "No, it has hell in the name, and like it looks evil." And that's funny. My parents are pretty religious, and my dad's actually a deacon. And I saw it because my dad wanted to see it. We would go every time we went to the <laughs> store. He'd be like, "I want to see that Hellraiser movie." Uh, I was always surprised that he wanted to rent it. Yeah, and we did, and and we we liked it. Um, but uh, um, no, I'm wrong. In the book, it is pins or nails or whatever. But uh, he's not the leader. The oh, female okay. Cenobite is the leader in the book. And in the, when the movie came out, there was such a, like a fan reaction to Pinhead that he suddenly became like. You know the, the sort guy. of face for the for the thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's like he's a very very, um, um, almost superfluous character in the book. He's just isn't that weird how that happens whenever yeah. things get like moved over to TV or film. Like yeah, especially I don't know how much of like Walking Dead uh you watched when when it was no, on. None really. But uh, some of the fans were definitely upset with just the direction that they took certain characters who they either kept way longer than originally like in the comic book sure or that they decided to to kill like in a different way or okay. whatever yeah but yeah well yeah. i went through about one season of that and then i got bored i was like this is way more of a soap opera than it is a show about zombies but i had already kind of hit my zombie i can't with anymore it's it's just do you have a favorite zombie recent more recent zombie movie do you like any like the what was it what was the Brad Pitt one? The World War Z? World War Z, um, or like an I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith. I like or, I Am uh, Legend. I think I think of that a bit more in the vein of vampires than zombies, but uh, I yeah. like I Am Legend. Um, I like all the versions of I Am Legend. Um, Did you like the, uh, the uh, what's it called, Maggie with Schwarzenegger? Did you see that? I started watching it. I thought it was a little boring, and I never finished it's it. It's slow, but it was all right. Yeah, it's... Um, it's the, he, his acting is actually like a little bit better than some of the other movies that he's, he's been in. Well, you know what's funny? Schwarzenegger's a good actor. It's just like he kind of gets. I don't think a lot of people recognize it because he's all you know. He's he's made some bad action movies. He made some great ones too. But it's like if you watch Twins, you're like this guy's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like this is the Terminator, and he's fucking like I believe a hundred percent that he's got like this. You know, this like 14-year-old kid's enthusiasm. Yeah, Like, yeah. I feel like Schwarzenegger could have been in Big. Oh. And, like, been as convincing as Tom Hanks. Like, when I watch Twins, that's how I feel. Gotcha. Well, Twins is no stop or my mom will shoot, but don't well, get me started Stallone, on that. Though. I know. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. That movie. <laughs> it's just I, a silly, fun movie that I remember watching. I didn't see World War Z, but my friend Max wrote the book, and it's funny. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Because I've discussed zombies with Max, and he is not a fan of running zombies. And he says this very publicly. Like, he says it, he'll do panels about zombie 
horror fiction or whatever. Why is he not a fan? He said because it's just stupid at that point. Because I don't know if he used the word stupid, but he just didn't. He said, like, it takes... If they can just run and catch you, then who cares? Basically, like, the the, the cool thing... And this is my, what my friend Jim loves about zombies, too. The cool thing is is if if you have a fighting chance. But there are so many of them that you can be overpowered if you don't stay on your toes. That's, to, to a lot of zombie fans, what's interesting about them. I don't mind running zombies. Uh, if it's done right, Return of the Living Dead is the movie that introduced the concept. And I think that that's a masterpiece of a film. But I think they just happened to pull it off correctly. They made three sequels to that movie that are all basically unwatchable. Um, and I didn't really like the 28 Days Later films. or Night of the Living Dead is... is that's the original, right? Night of the Living Dead is the original. And then the two guys that wrote it were George Romero. Right, right, right. And um, right. <clears throat> I forget the other guy's name. But the other guy retained the, the rights to the title, li- anything that said Living Dead. So uh, he went off and made Return of the Living Dead based on a book that he wrote as a sequel. And um, George Romero made Dawn of the Dead. And then right, right, uh, right. Day of the Dead and mm-hmm. so on and so on. Dawn of the Dead was a shopping mall, correct? Yeah. yeah Dawn yeah, of the yeah. Dead is arguably the greatest zombie movie ever made. It's really good. Yeah. And it's like you're never... And the remake was great, too. And that was running zombies. But um, you just never... That's what I mean. Like, there's... There, you can't like like with a vampire or a werewolf or a you know or a or a ghoul or somebody who's possessed or whatever. You can put them in a million different scenarios and go, oh, I never saw that before. You know, like you know, you look at like the the exorcism. It's like the exorcist. It's like it's a girl chained to her bed because she's possessed by the devil. Then you look at the Omen Part Three, and it's the Antichrist, but he's a powerful politician. He's going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. There's different ways that you can do it. Zombies are zombies. It's like, yeah, they walk around or they run around and they want to eat you. Not so much a horror film, but I love the movie The Devil's Advocate. I love that movie. And I also like uh, The Ninth Gate. Was uh, it The with Tenth Gate? Johnny Depp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I own that movie. I... I it's got moments that I really enjoy, and then overall, I think it's kind of bad. Too cheesy. It's weird. It's it's hard a weird to get one. a beat on. Yeah, it's a weird it's one. It's like a comedy, but it's like not, some it's of the, the some of the reveals in it are like, what yeah. is this? Yeah. Let's get into this next segment. Fanning out. Fanning out. Questions from fans. <laughs> I reached out to some people online and asked them if they could ask Joe DeRosa any question. What would it be? And we got some great ones. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I like this one a lot, actually. At Jake3130 on Instagram asks, what is your best or worst comedy seller table moment? Oof. That's somebody who really... Uh, you know uh, what? I'm going to say one that, that, I, that I don't know, I've never talked about publicly because it's just so funny. Uh, Jermaine Fowler and Keith Robinson once... I was wearing a pea coat. A navy blue peacoat. And you know peacoats have those big buttons. And they made fun of the buttons on my peacoat for 20 straight minutes. And to a point where it became hurtful. Like I could, I was like, I, I couldn't even wrap my head around how it was happening. I was like, how did they get this many jokes out of buttons being too big? And how is this starting to hurt my feelings? 
they're talking about buttons, but I was like, that's the magic of this fucking place. Like, you can take anything and turn it into an Achilles heel weakness. <laughs> like, it was masterful. Well, that's what I love about comedy clubs and just, like, the camaraderie that goes on there. It's like, it doesn't matter what level you get to. If your friends are there, they're going to check you on even little appearance things. Like it could be a new shirt that you, you know, like and you think that looks good that has, you know, a pocket on it or something. And then it's yeah. just like, oh, we're going in on that pocket for the next 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was that was an awesome one. I always I always reminisce about that one. Uh, it makes me really, really laugh. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, at Mostly Sorry... Uh, my buddy Joel Jimenez, drummer on Kill Tony, asks, uh, what's your favorite Twilight Zone episode? Ooh, uh, the, the Howling Man, uh, which is about a, a group of monks that live out in the, the mountains or something, and, and they have a man in the cell who's howling at the moon, and they say that he's the devil and that he can't be let out. And, of course, the guy, that the wanderer that shows up at the castle doesn't believe that. Did you say monks? Yeah, but not those kind of monks. Like what kind of monks do you mean? Like sk- creepy monks. <laughs> Scary yeah, monks. more like that. Yeah, more like that. Yeah. Yeah, more like that. More like that. What's weird is not the voice or the bit. It's you staring at me while speaking into a microphone. Like the the direct st- eye contact that you make when you do the phone calls. You like direct eye contact. No. Why not? <laughs> that's the that's the hard part about it. What if I look more into the lens? Is that better for you? Much. I've never been big on eye contact. I believe that people should be shameful looking down all the time. You know? Well, that's a good thing you're a comedian then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not, are you, uh, whenever you do sets, uh, do you kind of look over the audience? Do you not, like, make strong eye contact with the people in the crowd? I'll make it and then I'll quickly break it. Yeah? Uh, But yeah, I, I do more of a general... You know, in all yeah, directions, yeah. kind of thing. But I'll t- I mean, I'll t- if I'm talking to someone, well, yeah. well, I'm not a yeah, fucking not lunatic, a psycho, yeah, yeah. But you know, um, hello, Joe. It's nice to have this conversation with you. It is nice. Oh, now the monks aren't even looking at you. You made them shy, Joe. Well, good. They've got a devil to tend to. They've got bigger fish to fry. How did you know what we're having for lunch? <laughs> Because that's all monks eat is fish. The monks and bread, eat fish and bread, I guess. <laughs> Five loaves and two fish, dude. Yeah. Uh, at Great Pole Knoll on uh, Instagram, what's a fight that you got into that you instantly regretted? Uh, Jesus Christ. That's an interesting one, right? Yeah, at Christmas once I yelled... <laughs> <laughs> I yelled at go. my mom and my mom came. this is terrible I'm really embarrassed my mom and dad got me a GameCube for Christmas once Heck yeah. but my mom didn't get me any games it was just the console it was just the console and I was like 
And she's like, I didn't get you any games. They were like $50, those. That's nuts. And I fucking flipped out. And I was like, what did you think? What am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> and I started, I got in this huge fight with my parents. And then um, I regretted that like almost instantly. As soon as I started it, I was like, uh-oh. I think I bit off a little more than yeah. I should have Because how old were you? Oh, in my 20s. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a kid. I was old. Uh, so it wasn't. It creates me cringe to even mention so, it, <laughs> dude. That is so funny. So also, a lot of times in, with the consoles, there would at least be one game that came with it, and this was a the, situation where it did not come with even one. The only game it came with was a disc, which is now worth a considerable amount of money for collectors. I got rid of it almost immediately, but it was a disc that had a a, a a playable demo of the new Zelda that was coming out. Okay. So I think you could play for like 10 minutes and then like, uh, ports of the original two Nintendo Zelda games. So the one, the two games you could play were the games from three consoles. Yeah. 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 It, It was a real bummer. And then, and then my mom was like the next day when I apologized, I was like, Oh, I was really out of line. I'm sorry. And, and she was like, me too. Let's go get you tomorrow. You go get a game. <laughs> like I was a little child. It's embarrassing, but that's that's I, that's a real scar on my record. Dude, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's a great story. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't wrap my head around lobbying for that big of a, a of a gift and then be like, well, yeah, I'm not going to get the. Well, and it wasn't a big because it was on the way. Out, they were on the way out. So it was only they were only 100 bucks. Oh, God. Gotcha. They'd been dropped to 100 bucks. And I remember that's why I was like, Mom, the GameCubes are only 100 bucks because she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I was like, I'd love the GameCube. It's only 100 bucks now. And one of these games would be awesome. So I just couldn't, I just couldn't even wrap my fucking yeah, head around right. it. What? <laughs> <laughs> you got me a hammer, but there's no nails to hang these pictures around. Yeah, it was just, it was a real blue ball, man. But I will tell you, I loved the shit out of that GameCube. And I made that very clear to my mom and I played it constantly and and she saw how much I appreciated it. So that was good. Like, you, you hear your mom coming in from the other room, you're like, oh, scurrying to put it on. You're like, yeah, yeah. Ah, hey. Yeah, I love it. See, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. So, anyway. What was your favorite GameCube game? My favorite GameCube game was Resident Evil 4, which mm. when it first came out was uh, was exclusively for the GameCube, and it was it was it revolutionized the survival horror genre. It was an amazing, amazing game. Still in my top five of all time. Of all time? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a funny one. At Quick Sandhum on Instagram, uh, ask him to share one weird thing about his buddy, Bill Burr, or a story or something, whatever. No. No. A fucking gossip rag? <laughs> fucking questions these people ask. Go ask Bill what, if he wants to tell you a weird thing. You hear that? <laughs> God. Any uh <laughs> any uh do you want to share a good memory with Burr? Now that question annoyed me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. This is uh one one good thing, you know, one good thing about this this episode in particular 
It's been challenging me to uh, to up my hosting skills. Why am I not am I not talking enough? No, no, no. You, I think you are a guest that definitely goes a little against the grain. <laughs> well, I hate when you do a thing f- right, right, right. Up for you, right, and then and then and then they make it about something else. Yeah, like I remember I was promoting a record once, and yeah. these guys kept asking me about what it was like to be on Louie. Oh, yeah. And then they started asking me about, like, how does he shoot the episodes? And I go, guys, go fucking interview Louie. I don't yeah, know. You're, like, you're, you're working on your record. I'm trying your to record. sell a fucking record right now. Speaking of, you have a Sirius XM record that's out right now. Yes. Uh, it's called I Go to Atlanta All the Time, live from the Earl. And uh, it's exclusively on Sirius XM Raw Dog. There was a lot of questions that were, how often do you go to Atlanta? There literally was a lot of questions that were like the same question, but from different users. They were like, how uh, often do you go to Atlanta? Th- do you know why? No, you're telling me. Well, why. that's not really why. No. Okay. The album is called that for a reason. Okay. I was on Pete Dominic's radio show, which yeah. is a political show, and we were really, really arguing to the point where I called him a cunt on the air uh, twice. It got pretty ugly. <laughs> but we started arguing about Atlanta. And I go, yeah, I go, I go, my fucking best friend lives in Atlanta. Like, why are you talking down to me about Atlanta? I go there four times a year easily. Why are you talking down to me about Atlanta as if you understand the place as well as, and he goes, I go to Atlanta all the time like that. (laughs) And then Okerson and Soder uh, from the bonfire took that. And now it's a drop on their show. So they have two drops now. One is Pete doing that or two new drops. One is Pete doing that and me going, and then one's me going, because you're a cunt. <laughs> oh, they play. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. So I was recording right after that happened. I was going to Atlanta to record and I was backstage in between shows and I was just like, why am I not calling this record? I go to Atlanta all the time. So then I did. So then like a lot of fans were like, dude, that's that's really funny, man. That's hilarious. That's really funny. And then the fight happened on his show at Sirius XM. And the record's exclusively for Sirius XM. Oh, man. So it's a it's a real inside. And Bonfire is on Sirius XM. Yeah, yeah. So it's this weird rabbit hole of a joke, which I'm a big fan it's of. It's basically it's basically my gift to everybody that works there. <laughs> that 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 knows about the incident, cares about the incident, yeah. and would find out about this record and laugh. Like that's yeah. that's the only you know, and then the fans too, but like I was like, for the for the for the people that will get this, which will not be a ton, that's really worth it. And I did record it in Atlanta, so and it was my second record I did there. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes enough sense. Uh, I gotta tell you, um, so one of so we've done a lot of shows together over the years, whether it be Roast Battle, the Comedy Jam. Yeah, uh, you've done my show, Stand Up on the Spot. You've done Kill Tony. You've done most of yeah. the shows. That I've been a part of. I want to um, come back to that, by the way. Yeah, I, want, I need to get you back on that. Yeah, because I like that show because it's got a hook, but I don't have to prepare anything. Yeah. I get annoyed with these shows where they're like, hey, you want to do our show? It's uh, it's called Rabbit Ears. You got to dress up as a rabbit and pretend you're a rabbit and do stand up as a rabbit. I'm like, no. No, I'm not spending hours creating a thing that I do for five minutes once on your show. <laughs> I know you're trying to sell a TV show. I'm not doing it. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. You didn't hear. Uh, Rabbit Ears actually just got picked up, so (laughs) you should have signed on to do that. So you have, I've watched, you know, I've been a part of Roast Bell for a long time, almost like five years, about as long as it's it's been going on for over five years. Now I think I've been involved almost five years with the show. Nice. You have one of my favorite battles. 
you are you your battle with Sarah Tiana is in my top ten most memorable really battles. Yes. How come? Because the relationship and the way you guys told the jokes at each other was so funny and real to me <laughs> that it was literally like it felt like an episode of Jerry Springer or something. <laughs> the way the how you guys delivered the like the rebuttals and everything, it was you could tell how well you guys knew each other. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times, especially in the more recent roast battles, there will be people who are just wanting to battle to battle. There's not, yeah. you know what I mean? There's not a, a true incentive like, no, nah, it's a buddy. I want to, you know, bang it out with them on the stage or whatever. No, Sarah's a friend. I love yeah. Sarah. And it was great doing that with her. I would only ever do it that way. The one time I did it, well, I did it twice without a friend. I did Mike. Uh, What's his name from Canada? Mike uh, Ward. Yeah. And that worked. And yeah. then I tried to go against Jimmy Carr and I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot that you were in, um, whenever we were in Montreal, you were yeah. that first year that we did uh, the Roastmasters Invitational, was what it was called. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Year. Yeah. And I couldn't. I forgot that you went up against uh, Jimmy Carr that year. I couldn't get a joke off, you know, which ended up being funny in and of itself. Me yelling at the audience and everything, you know, yeah, because of cause yeah, yeah. so he's so he's a to me he's a hard guy to roast, but but I, and I'm friends with Jimmy now, but it's like at the time I didn't even know him, and I'm like, here's this. It's hard to write good looking yeah. guy in a suit that I, I I don't even know what to fucking say to him, right? Like, so um, it's easier when you have a friend that you have some personal business with that you can that you can draw from. Otherwise, you know, had I gone against Sarah without knowing her personally, I would have been like. She seems like a nice, pretty person. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, but that's why I don't really do the battles anymore because there's never any guarantee. I like well, you're, judging them. You're a good but, judge, though. Yeah. But there's just never any guarantee that you're going to be matched with somebody you know and love and mm-hmm. whatever. So it's like, I was like, okay, well, it's not fair for me to say, I'll do it if it's this, this, and this, you know, and give requirements or whatever. It's, it's ridiculous. So I just, I just stick to judging it once in a while now. Let's get into this final segment, Sax Talk. Sax Talk. That's great, because I got to pee real bad. But I can hold it until the sax is done. My lips are so chapped right now. (laughs) So Joe is going to share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath while he does it. And I will follow you whenever you are ready, pal. Okay. Tell me when. Oh, you ready? I was hooking up in my car. I was staying with my parents uh, because my mom was recovering from cancer. Isn't this story sexy? She's okay now. She's fine. But... uh, and this was well after I yelled about the GameCube. I'm not a complete asshole. Anyway, I was staying with my parents, thought my mom get back on her feet after she went through a bout with cancer. And uh, I had a date one night after I'd been sort of in the house with her and my dad for many, many weeks. And I couldn't hook, we couldn't hook up at, at my place because my place was, at the time, was my parents' place. And she lived too far away or something. We couldn't go to, I can't remember why, but... Anyway, we went down to the local park to fool around like a couple of horny teens. And then the cops showed up. 
I thought, <laughs> I thought I was going to get busted. Um, and I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, I'm a grown man. I'm going to get in trouble by the police for, like, hooking up in the park. Like, oh, my God. And the cops went right past our car and and instead uh, wrangled up a bunch of kids who were smoking weed that I didn't even see, like, uh, across the park from us. So we, we saved by the kids smoking weed. We, we got away clean. Got away clean. And as I like to say, you live to fuck another day. And I say that every day, regardless of what the story is. That's actually your moniker. It is. And it's, it, is, uh, it is sewn into all my clothing. Yeah. Uh, family crest style. Well, that's got to be a good feeling of relief. Thinking that you're about to get busted, and then you're like, "Ah, those kids over there." It was great. Just fucking, we just stepped on then it. And went got the right fuck back out. to it. We did. We had. We found another. Did dark you find place another dark place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Because my boy Joe DeRosa keeps getting it in, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Gotta get that in before the before it turns into a pumpkin at the end of the night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, dude, this is fun. <laughs> Did you have a good time? Yeah. Good. I, I, I hope you believe me. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You, <laughs> so, I don't know mode of time. I know. Sometimes the, the tone in your voice is kind of, is just, it's, it's, uh, you throw like lines out there. Like they just kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like right. it's like a cadence thing. Right. So it's sometimes hard to take you seriously or not. No, no, no. I, I had, I very much had fun. Oh, good. Um, Outside of your album, uh, which oh. is available on Sirius now, what else uh, you you want to plug? We'll see you in hell uh, on the Starburns Audio Network, and then also, you know, it's out there on iTunes and all that shit. Um, and uh, and if you're in Philly, I'm headlining p- the Punchline uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so I'll be there Friday and Saturday, two shows each night. Go to Philly, get a get a Jim's cheesesteak, and then head over and see Joe DeRosa. Thanks for doing the pod, buddy. Oh my god, dude, can I pee? I have to pee he, so bad. He's gonna go pee now. Oh, thanks. <laughs>